Hey, everybody. Here at Keep Talking Podcast, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a health or fitness-related episode because I'm a personal trainer in my spare time, and I'm a total health and nutrition nerd, and I think it's very important for you to focus on your health and nutrition and fitness as well. Now, a lot of Keep Talking's audience is non-native English speaking, and the language in these episodes is often advanced English, but... I'll make sure that I speak clearly and concisely enough for all non-native speakers and, of course, native speakers to understand. All right. Enjoy the episode. All right, everybody. Fitness Friday, best day of the week. And today I'm answering the question, how often should we train to failure when exercising? Okay. Training to failure. This is something that we hear about a lot, right? Some people will swear by it. They'll say, the only way you're going to make gains, the only way you're going to get stronger, the only way you're going to get bigger muscles is if you train to failure. The point where when you're doing a set of a certain exercise, your muscles just can't do anymore. You either, well, you know, depending on the exercise, you either have to drop the weight, you put it down, you can't complete the rep, right? Failure, muscular failure. Now, as you can probably guess, especially if you've been exercising for a while, you know that this can be dangerous depending on the exercise and the way you're doing it, okay? So I'm going to go over certain situations in which I feel like it is okay and maybe good to go to failure and then quite a few others when I feel that it's not. And I think that the general advice that I can give is, you know, like how often should we go to failure? Well, the short answer is really not very often, to be honest. I mean, I personally don't go to failure, so to speak, when I'm working out. I mean, I mean, very rarely. I feel like maybe I'll have like one day a week. And keep in mind, I exercise every day. I have like one day a week, I feel like, where I'm just like pushing it to to failure on certain exercises and certain sets, right? But not that often. Now, some people, hardcore bodybuilders, might look at me and be like, well, that's why you're not that big, dude. <laughs> you got to do it more often. Maybe they're right. I don't know. But what I can tell you is that over the past two years in particular, I've start, started seeing some, some better muscle gains um, and some strength gains you know, more than ever before. And I'm 33 years old now. And actually, the biggest reason for this, in my opinion, is because I actually lowered the intensity and duration of my workout sessions just a little bit. I also learned more about how to, how to properly you know, properly lift in order to build strength and muscle and a lot more about macronutrients, getting enough protein and things like that. But really, I feel like nowadays when I work out and I do, you know, strength training or weight training basically every day, um, almost every day, if not every day, I feel like I go like maybe 70, 80%, not even 80% that often, like 70 to 80% intensity most of the time. And my average workout is about 30 to 45 minutes. And then I just kind of stay active throughout the day and maybe do a couple of, couple of push-ups here and there, things like that. But long story short, I actually lowered the intensity and duration on average of my workouts over the past couple of years and started seeing better results. Maybe I was overdoing it before. Maybe I was putting too much of an emphasis on cardio. It's a number of factors, right? But I think that this definitely happens for a lot of people. And I think one key that, you know, a lot of us can keep in mind is that oftentimes, especially in this world where we see so many people who are like, you got to go all out. I think a lot of times the best thing that we can do is just lower the intensity Keep the consistency very high. Consistency usually tends to be more important than going to failure, especially when you add in the risk of injury, things like that. But essentially, 
going at a, you know, moderate to somewhat intense intensity is probably better than all out failure or all out intensity every day because it's more sustainable that way. I remember I was listening to this unrelated to weightlifting, but a similar, you know, sport listening to Firas Sahabi, who is a professional uh, martial artist. I can't remember exactly what he does. I think it's MMA, but he was talking about it and saying, you know, when you're training for martial arts, for example, you can't you can't train 100% every day. You can't train with that kind of intensity. Now, obviously, fighting in martial arts is different than weightlifting, right? In weightlifting, hopefully, you're not having somebody kick you in the nose or, you know, whatever, right? Or squeeze your neck to death. But the point is, it, the, the same principle I feel still applies, right? You can't go, you can't train 100% as hard as possible every day just because it's typically not sustainable. At some point, you're going to get injured. At some point, you're going to quote unquote overtrain. Now, is how real of a thing is adrenal fatigue and overtraining? That's another topic for another day. But essentially, it's just not that sustainable if you're going balls to the wall every day. And this is something that's really worked for me is not training to 100% intensity or failure that often, okay? Now, uh, like I said, some people will swear by it. They say, well, really the only way the muscle's going to grow is if you get to failure, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I, I, I disagree. Maybe the muscle does grow better and faster if you take it to total failure. You'll and, and, and kind of like a lot of this depends on the lifestyle that you want as well. And what do I mean by that? So there was an experiment that was done uh, by Tim Ferriss, who is a really good, you know, I consider myself a biohacker. And Tim Ferriss is one of the greatest biohackers of all time, the, the author of The 4-Hour Work Week. He also did one called The 4-Hour Body. And essentially what this experiment was, was I believe it was a total of four hours of working out per month, if I have that right. How did he do it? I think he did, it was like two 30-minute workouts per week. Was it even that? Yeah, I think that was it. And now that adds up to four hours per month. And essentially all he did was went to total failure with like one key exercise, just absolute total failure. And apparently, apparently gained 34 pounds of muscle in 28 days, okay? So this is like, you know, if you believe this, this is the opposite of what I'm talking about. This is saying that, you know, doing exercise not that frequently, but going to total failure is the best way to do it. And that's the best way to promote muscle growth. And of course, people over the years will say that, you know, they'll say, well, you need to take enough rest, whether it's for your whole body or for specific body parts in order to recover after going to total failure. Now, I'm actually someone who kind of disagrees with this theory nowadays. I think that it's better to train a bit more frequently, okay? Uh, And there are other studies that show that typically you don't want to take Like essentially, if you're training a body part, it probably is good to take, you know, we want to make sure we take at least probably close to 48 hours, like essentially 24 to 48 hours after that body part is still recovering, right? The muscle is recovering from that stimulus, from that workout. But then once we get past like 48, 72 hours, it's actually good to retrain it again. That way you don't start losing the gains, if that makes sense. Now, this is like all of this is up for debate. And this has all been studied in different ways. You could analyze it a thousand different ways. Uh, I don't think anyone really knows for sure. And who knows what studies to believe, right? One key recommendation I would make for, for all of us, myself included, and I have to remind myself of this sometimes, is just to switch up our style of training every now and then. So like, for example, if you're someone who's doing a body part split, right, you're exercising 
five, six, or seven days a week, and every day of the week is a separate body part. You know, you do arms on Monday, chest on Tuesday, legs on Wednesday, back on Thursday, shoulders Friday, whatever. It might be smarter for you after a while to switch it up to, I don't know, three full body workouts per week or a push-pull leg split where you do Monday push, Tuesday pull, Wednesday legs, Thursday push, Friday pull, Saturday legs, Sunday go to church. I'm just kidding. No, I don't know. Anyway, but the point is to switch up the routine because the body gets used to doing the same thing over and over. And there's thousands of ways, literally, that we can switch up our routines, okay? We can switch up the routine by switching up the rep ranges, switching up how many sets we do, switching up how long we pause at the top, which I'm going to come back to at the end here. We can switch up tons of things about our exercise routines, okay? Now, the point is, it's probably good to mix things up in general. That way our bodies don't adapt too much. And we can kind of apply that to the failure training. Maybe every now and then do some days where you're going to failure on an exercise or multiple exercises. But maybe not always, okay? Now, the kind of, I just want to go over a few like yes and no situations. Like, yes, you could train to failure if this is your situation. No, don't train to failure if this is your situation. Okay, so if you're training with machines as opposed to free weights, probably better. Yes, you can go to failure more often with machines. It's a bit safer, okay? So free weights are things using like barbells and dumbbells, kettlebells, etc. When you're going to failure with free weights, it's more dangerous, okay? Imagine if you're doing a barbell squat or a barbell bench and you fail, if you don't have someone spotting you, helping you, well, all of a sudden, all of that 300 pounds or whatever you were doing just came crashing down upon your back or your neck, Okay. Now, with a machine, if you use it properly, typically it can, you know, if, if you fail, the weight will drop down, but it's not like a bar and a bunch of <laughs> plates that are going to come crashing down upon you. It's a controlled machine. Okay. So it's a bit safer of a way to do failure training. It's also a bit safer. You can do failure training if you're doing more isolation movements as opposed to the big compound exercises, okay? So what are isolation movements? Like let's take a bicep curl, right? All you're doing is you're curling either, you know, a dumbbell or a barbell or whatever it may be. You're essentially, you're just using your bicep if you do it correctly, okay? You're lifting it from sort of between your knee and your hip, keeping your elbow at your side, lifting it up, using only your bicep, okay? The risk of injury when training to failure like this is very low. You just go until your bicep can't lift, lift up anymore, and then you lower the weight down when you're done, okay? Now, a big compound exercise like a squat or a deadlift or an overhead press, with these, you have to be much, much more careful about going to failure, okay? And really, in my opinion, we should only be going to failure on these big compound lifts if we have a spotter, someone there to help us, and if we have all the equipment set up properly, we use proper technique. Be very careful going to failure with free weights, okay? Now, um, you know, the other thing I would say is I don't think it's a good idea for many people to go to failure if you're just doing exercise for general fitness purposes, okay? If you're, if you're, if you're into just general fitness, you know, you just really don't need it that often. Like the risk probably, the risk isn't worth it. You know, it's, it's yeah, how do I, I can't even say it properly in English. The risk isn't worth the reward. The reward isn't worth the risk. It's not worth the risk. You get the point, okay? The risk is, the possible risk is greater than the reward, okay? For the most part. Now, um, I would say that 
one other way of training where you can go to failure, I guess two separate ways where you can probably safely go to failure more often are with what's called eccentric or isometric training. So in any exercise, we have a couple different portions. So the concentric portion is the part of the exercise where we are moving the weight. We're you know either pushing or pulling, but we're moving the weight away from the point of origin. So we're using our force to either push or pull the weight or the resistance, right? It's the part of like the the squat where we're going up. We're pushing up from the ground. The part of the bench press where we're pushing the weight up. The shoulder press, we're pushing the weight up. That's the concentric portion, okay? On a pull-up, it's the part where we're pulling ourselves up, all right? Now, the eccentric portion is the part where the weight is going back down to the point of origin. We also typically have an isometric portion or an isometric exercise, you could say, which is when the weight is not moving. And I'll get back to that in a second. But then the eccentric portion of the exercise is when the weight is being released back to the point of origin or lowered back. Sometimes it's not necessarily, depending on the exercise, the resistance of the weight may be moving up. But the point is the eccentric portion is when the weight is being, or the, yeah, the resistance of the weight is being released back to where it started. Now, with this, in my opinion, especially if you're doing a somewhat lighter weight in a controlled way, failing like going to eccentric failure, if that makes sense. Like essentially you continue kind of slowing down your reps. You really slow things down on the way back, right? Like let's say you're doing just like a chest press on a machine, right? A machine chest press. You know, you push it out fairly quickly and then you really slowly bring it back really slow on that eccentric eccentric portion, okay? When we do that, I feel that that's actually a good way to go to failure because essentially you're just, you're just holding and resisting and resisting as much as possible, trying to make that eccentric portion two, three, four seconds every time until the point where you finally just fail and you're like, ah, I'm done, okay? That's a bit safer of a way to do it. And in fact, people will even say that studies show that hypertrophy or muscle growth gains, muscle growth actually comes more from the eccentric portion than from the concentric portion a lot of times. So look into that. Look into to eccentric training and to focusing two, three, four seconds on the way down, essentially, or on the way back to the point of origin with your exercises. Another thing I was going to add is just with isometric exercises, for example. So this is just like, you know, holding a plank or holding yourself in a push-up position or a, a wall sit is an isometric exercise. It's an isometric movement. The muscles are not moving or essentially, you know, you're not, yeah, you're not, you're, you're just, you're isolated. You're, well, no, that's not even the right word. Nothing is moving. You're holding a position, either holding your body or you're holding your weight in a position. Okay. Now with this, I think it's also, in my opinion, probably pretty safe to go to failure as well. Just you're doing a wall sit. Okay. You do the wall sit until you literally can't. You collapse onto your butt. All right. As long as it's not a scratchy wall, you should be safe with that. Right. Now I read some article saying that, you know, it can be unsafe to do this with like eccentrics or isometrics too. But like in general, I think it's safer to do your, if you're going to do failure training, safer to do it either with an isometric or uh, like focusing on the eccentric portion of any sort of exercise and just failing slowly on the way down while you really feel the muscle on the eccentric portion. I think that that's safer than failing on the concentric portion. Okay. Essentially when we, when we're doing lifts, where we focus a lot on the concentric portion. It means we're probably lifting a heavy weight. We're trying to lift it fast 
form can break down when we're getting to the point where we're close to failure, that's where it can get dangerous, especially if it's with free weights. Like I said, just kind of to sum that all up, I don't think it's that useful for most of us to go to try to go to failure that often, right? The cons probably outweigh the pros. Now, one other situation where I think you should be going to failure is if you're a psycho, quote unquote, if you're trying to break records, if you're a bodybuilder, if you're a power lifter, if you're, if you're trying to really train in a professional way, you're probably going to have to do it, right? But even me, as, as into fitness as I am, I'm not trying to do that. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to improve on some of my own personal records, my PRs. I have some goals, but I'm not out there trying to win either bodybuilding or powerlifting competitions or anything like that. If you are, you're, I'm guessing you're probably going to have to go to failure sometimes, and you probably should be following someone who is more of an expert in that specific type of fitness than I am, but. Anyway, um, I think, you know, yeah, I, I think that we've pretty much covered any, everything. I had a few notes written down on my sheet here. Uh, I guess just the one thing that I want to reiterate, like I said, like if I were to give some blanket advice just for other people who are like me, who are into fitness, but you're not like totally trying to compete, but like, let's say, okay, like, how do I phrase this? Like, you're not trying to be like the freaking strongest power lifter in the world, but you are trying to get stronger, right? And this is regardless of age, gender, anything like you're just, you're, you're trying to get stronger little by little. You're into your health and fitness. Like, what do I recommend? Well, what I recommend is that we do go at, you know, maybe 80% intensity, I'm someone who I like to do it every day, you know, and I like to switch things up and in general follow more of like a push-pull legs, body part split. But essentially the idea is, you know, going not quite to failure, but like 80%. That way you keep essentially you're working the muscle enough to get an adaptation, but not totally doing too much damage to the point where it just can't recover. Um, You know, I believe that you could look into like Soviet style training. I believe some of the great Soviet Union power lifters from back in the day, what they used to do, I think what they used to do is they would train like, let's say they're using a specific weight on an exercise. They would train, you know, one day do five reps, then they would do six or seven reps, then they would come back again and do eight reps. Like they would keep going until they get a certain number of reps, like they can do 10 or 12 comfortably with this exercise. Then they would finally bump it up again to where they could get, you know, five reps with the higher weight. Like, I guess the point of this whole thing is, is like the way they supposedly trained, as I understand it, is they didn't necessarily go to failure that often. They would get like 80% to failure and would just kind of like keep increasing their 80%, if that makes sense, which ultimately increases your 100%. That's a really like non-grammatically correct way to put it. But that's kind of what I feel like I do with my training is I'm going 80% all the time. And my 80% from today is a little stronger than my 80% from yesterday. And my 80% tomorrow is a little stronger than my 80% today. And of course, you know, the, the today and yesterday and tomorrow is it's kind of, you know, I'm referring to just the big picture. We, of course, all are going to have peaks and valleys depending on a number of factors. You're not always just going to gradually get stronger, but the general trend should be that we're getting stronger. And, oh, yeah, and you know, one other thing that I did want to read here, I found this interesting. This is kind of just like some more, in, uh, some more like evidence I found to suggest that my idea here is a good one. It's from builtwithscience.com, and it talked about training to failure. Essentially, it has this graph here talks about how motor recruitment and muscle activation sort of reaches its peak when we go 
well, about, like I said, about 80% to failure. And really, like, there is no more muscle, motor recruitment and muscle activation when you reach that total failure. Like, let's say it's a weight that you can do 15 reps at. If you do, like, 12 reps, you've kind of already reached your peak motor recruitment and muscle activation, and then it just tapers off after that, even if you do do those last couple reps. This is just what this study is showing. Now, you do need to get close enough. It shows here that you don't want to go less than that. Like, you do want to go, you know, 80% or close of the weight of failure. So, anyway, um, you know, they talked... Yeah, this article is pretty interesting. Article talks a little bit more about that. And it, one thing that I was finding interesting here is it shows you could do like, so if you have a weight that you're doing like ten eight six with, you know, a lot of us who train we know what ten eight six is, right? So you pick a weight, you know, you can do ten reps the first set, maybe that's close to failure. Eight reps the second set because you're getting a little more fatigued. Six reps the third set, you're getting a little bit more fatigued. What it talks about here is how we should actually, if we have that sort of weight that we could do about 10 reps with, it's smarter to do 888 instead of 1086 because it's something to do with how we don't want to totally tax our muscles on the first set, even though that always kind of seems like the, the logic, you know, is to to basically go to failure each set, even though obviously the second and third will be less total reps. So I don't know. A lot, I mean, there there are a lot of different opinions on this, honestly, and you could find studies that support any theory. I think two guidelines I want you to take away from this is number one, mix up your training style in general, right? If you have been doing a bunch of failure training, maybe it's time to take a step back, do either a deload week, as they call it, or do kind of what I do, the 80% style, see if you get more improvements temporarily with that. Um, obviously, if you haven't you know, tried failure training, you could try within the safety parameters that I talked about. Um, but just vary up your training style in general, I think is the key. And the other thing, like I said, the point I want to really hammer home is that I just think, I think for most of us, training to failure is something that we should use sparingly, not that often, and only in the right circumstances on the right types of exercises, etc. So that's my opinion. That's all I got for today. We'll talk again soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's all make health and fitness a part of our daily lives. Get out there and do it.